when you talk about the Ten Commandments, um, it gives us a moral compass with which to be calibrated, which we often have to kind of get recalibrated. Uh, it, is, it is when these brief, though very pithy, um, standards of values get ignored or minimized or disregarded um, that we see just really the onslaught of civil, uh, moral, and spiritual chaos. And it's, it's just it's crazy how, how crazy it can get. Um, Ten Commandments, like nothing else, really, if you want to call that a list or whatever, um, just such, you know, timeless moral standards. One of the great presidents, uh, I'm, this is going to be an argumentative statement, and I shouldn't say it because I don't want you to miss the point when I talk about the greatest president of my lifetime, because I have a very close friend who wouldn't agree with that who's here, but I don't care. Um, the greatest president of my lifetime, Ronald Reagan, um, said this, I have wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had to run them through the U.S. Congress. <laughs> and, I mean, you see, it would be at least 2,000 pages, right? And uh, <laughs> with addendums and special interests and so forth. Um, fortunately for us, God or Moses didn't have to run them through any Congress, and, and we have them. Um, but uh, the, the, these three commandments that we examine today clearly illustrate how twisted things can get uh, when we devi- deviate from God's standard of living. We're taking our, our, the Ten Commandments from Exodus chapter 20. There are other passages we could use, but we chose Exodus chapter 20. Uh, three, verses 13, 14, and 15. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. And you know, really, they have a common theme. I don't know if you thought about this. The common theme that they have is that taking something that's not yours, whether that be somebody else's life, somebody else's wife or husband, or somebody else's stuff. I mean, there's really a common theme there that we, that we can see. And um, you say, well, are you taking someone else's wife or husband if they're not married? We'll talk about that. Um, I want to show you though, those very three commands, two of those three commandments, Jesus elucidated in Matthew chapter 5, and what we call the Sermon on the Mount is actually Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And he talked about two of those. He talked about murder. He talked about adultery. And let me show you this. Um, this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. And I just want you to see this because these three things, more, I, I think as much as anything else in the Ten Commandments, these three commandments, the shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, are, are the pillar, the pillar really of, in, in many ways, of Western civilization. Um, but let me show you what Jesus says about him. He talks about, first of all, the, the murder one. He said, uh, chapter 5, 21 of the, the Gospel of Matthew, you have heard that it was said that people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, raka, which means fool, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. And anyone who says you fool, he repeats it, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, is he, is he talking about just name-calling here? No. He's talking about from whence that comes, which is the heart. And he's talking about the fact that murder may not necessarily mean literally taking someone's life. It may mean just having such intense hatred that you call them fool, and, and, that, and it's not so much the name as, as the meaning of, uh, where it comes from in the heart. 
One, uh, one writer said this about this passage. Uh, the Lord said the commandment extended not only to the act itself, but also to the internal attitude behind the act. Of course, murder is wrong, but the anger prompting that act is also as wrong as plunging in the knife. So you say, well, I've never really murdered someone, but the Bible, Jesus teaches, really, if you hate someone to the point of of wishing they weren't alive, you may say that, you may not quite say that. And you say, well, where does that start? Yeah, I don't always know that. I know that for me, don't always know that for you. And that's where you need to really be aware and sensitive to God's uh, promptings in your own heart and your own life to realize, you know what, I don't like this guy, and I think this guy is just a jerk, and, and in some ways, you know, yada, 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 but I, I don't want to cross that line to where it becomes hatred, because then that affects me as well as him. And, it's, and, and, and more important than any of that, it's a sin against God. So that, that's what Jesus says about that. Then he takes this, this adultery thing. Here we go with that one, Matthew, a little, 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 few verses down. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Here's what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, we've got to talk about that a minute because what does that mean exactly? You know, and, and, and the, the whole thing lustfully is with sexual desire and so forth. And, and, and where does that happen and again, there's a line there, and, and I know where it is for me. I don't know where it is for you. That's something for you to determine and for you to think about. So Jesus, he takes us a step further, a step deeper. That's the thing. Adultery, and, and let, me just, let me just try to explain this in a, in a loving, kind way. I'm not going to win any popularity contest with some of you with this, but I want to show you what the Bible teaches. You deal with it, okay? Um, so, so we'll just we'll just go from there. And if you need help, I'll be I'll be happy to help you. I'll be happy to talk to you. Be happy to whatever you need some help with that. I'm happy to do that. But basically, um, adultery is having sexual intimacy with anyone you're not married to. And, and Jesus takes it a step deeper by saying, if one looks at someone that they're not married to in a lustful manner, with desire, in other words, sexual desire then they're guilty of that sin. Now, somebody asked me after the, after, after the early service, which, where does that start? I mean, that might be a Sports Illustrated. Might be for some people. I can't, you know, I can't, I don't know where it is for you. That's what you have to determine. There's a line somewhere where a look becomes lustful and so forth. And it's not necessarily the same line for all of us. But we, we, we need to be cautious, whether we're men or whether we're women. Keep in mind, when Jesus wrote this, he's, he's in a male-dominated society, so he says, looks at a woman um, lustfully, has already committed adultery. And that's not saying that women don't do the same thing. He's just talking about it from a male perspective. Arguably, men probably have more problems with this than women do, at least in my experience. But that doesn't give the women a pass. And it doesn't give the unmarried a pass either. Because he, he or she may not be married, but... That person's not your wife or your husband, and that's the issue here. And this is where some of you aren't going to like me too much, but deal with it. Um, The the Bible is is pretty clear about this. He's saying that sexual intimacy outside of the marriage relationship is wrong. That's what he's telling us, and and it's an important issue for us to stop and to think. And, and of course, Jesus defines adultery uh, and encompasses much more than just actions. 
So, and this is a, this is a huge issue, and I find myself, uh, I was in a situation recently, um, I was at a bar here in Summit, late in the afternoon, happy hour, thankfully I'm drinking club soda, that's important to the subject, and I'll tell you why in a second. And I said, hey, I was, I was meeting, you know, that's what I do, I'm the pastor of connections, so I go from bar to bar and connect with people from... <laughs> You, you'd be surprised. I find so many of you in these places, you know. <laughs> and uh, and thank, thank the Lord I've discovered club soda because, I mean, that's really kind of important to the whole concept. Although I don't think it'd be too good for the pastor to be stumbling down Springfield Avenue. But so I was at, I was at, I was at Roots Bar and, and, and I said something. Uh, there was a couple of people from the church and some friends of theirs that had knew about us and we were just talking. And, and I said, well, I got to go. I got to go talk to a couple about getting married. And... Um, and one of the guys who comes here says, oh, this is to the whole freaking bar. He says, oh, Rich has a very interesting view of sex outside of marriage. He thinks it's wrong. And I'm like, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, we're at a bar. I mean, come on. I don't, I, you really want to have this discussion, you know, at the bar at Roots? And they said, we are, everybody just jumped. Oh, really? Well, Rich, why do you believe that? And I'm like, Okay, here we go, uh, you know, and so I explained, you know, a couple of verses from the scripture, and, and I said, you know, this is pretty simple, really, uh, the Bible says this is, uh, you know, this is the way sexual intimacy is for, for married couples, and, and, uh, and, you know, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about that, so, and then somebody said, well, this couple you're going to go see, now, they're getting married, I said, yeah, and they said, well, have they had sex, and I'm like, A, that's none of your business, B, I don't know. C, if I did know, I sure, heck, I'm not going to tell you right here, okay? You know, so, so you, you get into this kind of stuff, but it's, here, here's, here's what I took away from this. I have this weird view that really the Bible is pretty clear about. And, and to be perfectly blunt, and it's not about age or anything, it, it's... It's just pretty clear here. Now, you deal with it, and wherever you are in your whole faith journey and so forth, you got to deal with that, and I don't love you any less if you're violating and violating that or whatever, but you need to know the truth. And, um, and, and that's an important issue here. So that's the teachings of Jesus here, okay? That it's not just the action, but it's also the heart, and you need to be aware of that, wherever that line is. And I don't always know where that line is. I just know when it's time for me to look away. And that's, something, and, and, and that's something you have to determine for your own self. So, so there's a, that, that, that's the issue there. Now, three groups of people I want to address very quickly. I want to talk to those of you who are sitting here and you say, well, you know, that's pretty good and nice to hear, Rich, but I've never committed adultery. Well, I want to talk to you if you're in that group. First of all, you're a liar, Okay. I mean, you need to hear that from somebody that loves you. You're a liar because you have. You say, well, maybe I haven't really. Listen, Jesus makes this clear. If this has been a part of your heart, you, you've committed that. Now, maybe you didn't have to deal with the consequences of the action, but, but it's, still, it's still real and it's still part of sin. The other thing that I want to say to you is be careful with your judgment and be careful with your... Um, any kind of condemnation, and when you see Tiger on TV, and, or you see Elliot Spitzer on TV, or you see uh, David Patterson on TV, or Terry Sanford on TV, or um, need I go on, um, be careful with your judgment, but from one 
wrong decision, you're right there. The only difference is you probably wouldn't be on TV. So be careful with that. And you know what? Maybe you ought to pray for him. I don't care what you think of Tiger Woods. If you can't watch that and, and, and want to pray for him and his family, um, then you need to do some self-examination in your own heart and life. And that, that's an important issue. You know, and it's just, I just get so disturbed when I see the Christian community being so condemning of, of, of people in these kinds of situations. I, I can, I can I, you know, I don't know a lot, but I know that wouldn't be Jesus. I know he'd be there alongside trying to help, trying to comfort in any way they can. So, so those of you who are in that first group, you never have. Thank God for that, but, but don't, get, don't let it go to your head because you're only one bad decision away. And better people than you, with better moral fiber than you, have fallen because they let their guard down. So keep that in mind. Second group I want to talk to are those of you who are flirting with the idea. And I use that word intentionally. Maybe it's somebody at work or somebody in your club or somebody in your social circles. There's a little flirting going on and you're thinking, wow, you know, she, she just really, or he, just really affirms me doesn't seem to care them a few pounds overweight and doesn't nag me and doesn't do this and doesn't do that. And you know what? I understand that if you're in that particular situation, but I, I, I got to tell you this. As somebody who cares about you, you have no idea the kind of pain that you can cause if you follow through with any of that. You have no idea of the number of people that will be affected in some cases, devastated by that. So, so, so just do whatever you need to do to stop that. Start running in different circles, start running in a different direction, whatever you need to do. Third people are those, of, those, those who've been there. Maybe more than just in the heart. I want you to know that there is forgiveness, that there is restoration, that your marriage, with the proper care, proper help, can be better, can be stronger, can be more fulfilling than it ever was. Don't quit. Don't minimize. Don't think it'll get better without some proper attention. Stick with it. It will be worth it. I promise you that. It will be worth it. With the proper attention and humbling yourself before God and the circle of those who've been offended, uh, your best days can be ahead of you. That's why Jesus came. Whatever your situation may be, whether, it's, whether you're married or whether you're single or whether you're in the middle of a divorce or you're, you're pastoral, whatever your situation might be, start now. God will honor that. God will honor that every time. I'm reluctant to do these next three little steps, but I'm going to, you know, those of you who know me know I don't like prescriptive methods. I don't like templates to do this and you'll be okay. And, and I, I don't believe that, but I, I, I think I would be, I would regret not giving you some, some tools to think through and to help you with some of this because this is such an issue. It's just such an issue. So many of us deal with it. If not ourselves, well, you're going to deal with it yourself, but also deal with friends. Um, if not every day, every, every week or month probably. 
three things. A little, some of them kind of go over each one of the other. That's what they intersect a little bit. Watch what your thoughts dwell on. Okay, watch watch your thought life. Be careful your thought life. Uh, Saint Paul. tells us in, in, in the Apostle in, in Philippians, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Calculate on these. You know, just, just sometimes there's nothing like a little prayer and a little reflection upon Scripture to help us get recalibrated and those moral compasses to get recalculated. In the process, maybe I need to be more careful of what I'm watching, what I'm perusing, whether that be a, a movie that, that, that might not be, and everybody else may be okay with it, but it may not be healthy for me. Um, whether that be the Sports Illustrated cover that I have to keep looking away from with the freaking checkout counter, like, come on, why do they, why do they want to put it in your face? Well, I know why, but anyway, it's, it's just whatever that might be. And that takes a lot of self-discipline. And I don't think you can really do that too much without God's strength and God's power. And, you know, whatever that is, and I don't, I don't want to be, you know, be a Puritan here, but there, there's a line there. And you need to determine where that line is. And you, only you and God can determine that. So, so be careful. You know, watch what your thoughts dwell on. Second thing I want to say is this. Be careful of your influences. There's this great verse in Scripture. I haven't used it. I haven't quoted it in, in, I don't know, a long, long time. Back in the day, I used to be a youth pastor, and I was a great youth pastor. And just ask me, I'll tell you. I was a legend in my own mind. And, uh, um, and, and I used to always beat these kids, figuratively speaking. I'd pound these kids with this verse. 1 Corinthians 15.33, Be not deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. I just, I just beat him over the head with all Hey, guys, don't forget, bad company corrupts good morals. Who are you hanging out with? Because I had seen and have seen how so many times kids get influenced by other, by other kids that you know, kind of pull them in the wrong direction. We've seen it. We've all seen it. Can I tell you something? I'm now mm, years old, and there are still 50 and 40 and 60-year-olds who are getting pulled in the wrong direction because of some of the people they're hanging out with. That's for all of us, folks. That's for all of us. I mean, think about it. Why do people who drink too much usually hang out together? Why do people who like to gossip usually hang out together? Why are there some guys who want to talk about women and all that? Why are they kind of like hanging out together? And vice versa, the whole thing. Be careful of your influences. Examine those and re-examine those and ask God to give you some, some, some... wisdom and some discernment and some strength to resist that. Last thing very quickly. This is, this is what we all need. Seek, seek spiritual cleansing daily. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If, you, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Just, first, you know, just stop right there. None of us are perfect. Verse 9, but if we confess, this is for the, for the follower of Christ, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, I don't know about you, I've got to do that about 20 times a day. Now, that's not just a one-time deal. Is, is, here I am, Lord, I've got some things going on inside of me that I don't need, they don't need to be there. It's unhealthy and whatever it might be. 
First of all, forgive me, help me to, and, and secondly, help me to rise above that. And God will. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, we just, we have, to, we have to do that on a very regular basis. Otherwise, we get into the, the position of our conscience being hardened to the inner promptings of God's Spirit. And that's a dangerous place to be. That's when we go from point A to point Z in a hurry, downhill quickly. So that, that's, that's something for all of us to stop and think and to reflect upon. Huge issues. And you've got to deal with it as best you can and ask God to help you. And, and here's the thing that I want to say to you. You know, stay strong. Stay strong. Stay vigilant. Whatever that is, friends, internet, reading, listening, watching, stay vigilant. Uh, and stay at the foot of the cross, asking God to help you. Christ to give you not only forgiveness, but strength for the next, not just for the next day, for the next hour. And uh, God will give us that ability as we seek it from him. Let's pray together. Lord God, these are, these are just vital issues of the day. Help us to dwell on them. Help us to think about them. Help us to pray about them. Help us to talk about them with those whom we love and trust. And we thank you for Jesus who came and, 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 and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us the ability to have uh, not only forgiveness and grace, but a relationship with our Lord and with our God. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.